Hello and welcome everyone to our next episode of Help and Trade podcast, where we give space to entrepreneurs and their startups. My today's guest is Juliet, who is an entrepreneur here in Basel. And I actually met Juliet previously in Toastmasters. It so happened that someone suggested me to uh, welcome Juliet on the podcast because she could be an interesting guest to inspire others towards entrepreneurship. And so here we are. Um, Juliet, if you don't mind, I would like you to introduce yourself. So uh, please, the stage is yours. Thank you, Stefan. I'm Juliet, and as I said, I'm a portrait photographer, and I've gotten into this maybe five years ago. I originally developed websites, and the clients that came to me are mostly, you know, women my age or a bit younger, but a bit older, and they also needed imagery for their websites. So I started getting back into photography because that was what I'm interested in from the start. When I just finished school, that's what I wanted to do but somehow I got off track. <laughs> Anyhow, I helped them get images for their websites and I realized they also need portraits. So I was taking their portraits when I then got really more involved and I wanted to develop the skill and really hone in on it. Did you have to study for it, take some courses in order to become a professional portrait photographer? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's a whole different genre than just, you know, other types of photography. And as every genre, you really have to learn it, learn the skill. You learn about the lighting on the face, you know, what the differences are. At first, I couldn't really distinguish between the shadows on the face and under the chin and all that. And it's very important that you understand that and you learn the skills of lighting. Yes, and in the beginning, I was also so fascinated that you could do this with natural light. That's all I wanted to do because... To me, that's heavenly <laughs> to take real light and work with it when, uh, when you have nice window light, for instance. Outside, it can be a little more tricky, but <laughs> if you have a really big window, there's a lot that can be done. And so your clientele, gentlemen or ladies, ladies or gentlemen, do they have a preference? Do they, wanna, do they specifically say, I want to have a pictures which are taken outside? Or is it you being the one who is driving the place of being, of taking the photography? Well, some clients do actually, they have a preference. They want to be taken in a certain environment and that's totally fine. We work with that, with whatever options that we have. You know, most people, when they come to me, they really don't know. They're so nervous. Like everyone hates being in front of the, in front of the camera. They dread it actually. There's no time, ideal time to do it because you would have to get a haircut before or lose pounds or gain pounds, whatever. There's never a perfect moment. And then it's my job to understand that when people come, they're not really comfortable at all. And then what I do is I talk to them. I figure out why they want the image and for what, which purpose. If it's for a website, it's, there are very other um, restrictions that I have or challenges, but I try to understand what they're really looking for. And when I get to know them, I also better understand how they see themselves. And it's really interesting that most people will just come right up to you and tell you what they don't like about themselves. And then you can, you know, take that into consideration. Going back again to, to your clientele, you were mentioning ladies being the, the focus of your clientele. It's, it's mostly women of certain age, above 30, I, I, 
if I remember well. Yeah, above 30, 40. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how comes? Why? It's because I learned the skill of taking portraits of women, especially because they see the world differently, mostly, than men. They look at themselves differently than men look at themselves. And knowing what is hard to accept about aging or, you know, how an image can be flattering or unflattering makes all the difference. So I understand that the older you get, the more wrinkles or the more things you have that you think are not popular, especially when you have a business. It might sound ridiculous, but we all try to look ideal and pleasant. And there is a special way to photograph in a way that is more flattering than other ways. And this is not only for women, I must say. It's totally for men as well. But men are probably not as... Um, discriminating or they don't it doesn't matter that much to them until they see the difference my experience so far with with professional photographers was that i completely entrusted myself into their hands and every time when i saw the result i was really happy with it except maybe one time <laughs> oh that's good well with women i think it's another case because usually they're very unhappy <laughs> you know it takes them longer to get an image that they're really happy with Yes, but that means also as a professional photographer, I assume you're doing hundreds of pictures during a session. I do take high volume, <laughs> yes. You take the photography, um, and that's the core business that you, that you do. Do you do also something as, for example, uh, reimaginary of the photography, bringing it somehow online, using some digital tools to extend the life, for example, of a photography itself? Or it's uh, purely you take the picture and that's the product? Besides, of course, all the work before it. It really depends. Right now, I'm working on a project with two other people, a body language expert and an art historian and um, consultant. And together we have a project where we help people develop an image concept for their business. So they might want a portrait of themselves or a representation of their business. And to have a concept and generate an idea that's what we want to do together. And this is totally fascinating because we this is a full day workshop. We go to a museum and we look at the images there and people in the portraits and we study their body language and the symbolic meaning of certain ways that they are posed. And then we take creative ideas from the museum and then in the afternoon we work together on building your own concept for a business photography. This is fascinating because I understand little about body language or, for example, the power of the voice is not my expertise. But I'm certainly aware of that, for example, there are certain power poses which people can do, which uh, showcase a strength or dominance, for example. I'm just assuming that if I was an entrepreneur and you were the one taking picture of me based on the concept which you just described, I would probably aim for something as a powerful pose that would signify that I have my entrepreneurship in my hands and I am very much empowered by it. Is there a chance that at the end of the day, all the men are going to have the same kind of a picture, <laughs> so essentially beating themselves into the chest and all the ladies will have a very flattering picture? Or do you think it's going to be more variety in there? <laughs> well, there is a tendency, yes. You know, we have different body language, women and men, but it's very interesting that you say that and we would work exactly with that. You know, you would probably choose when you go to the museum and you would choose an image that you like. You would automatically and intuitively choose such an image that represents that. Sometimes it's even hard to put in words. 
And then we would look at your body language and see also, does it fit the role that you have in your company? So it's interesting. This way we can generate ideas. Um, I have a client, for instance, she's an artist and she did want to have something where she's striving upwards, looking to the sky to reach higher. And she's a painter and she does other artwork as well. And we came up with this idea that she's jumping in the air and she's extended towards the sky and there's a ladder reaching down from the sky. And uh, there's also some other props there to give some clues. And we now did this image and I'm really happy with it, yeah. This is awesome. Now I understand better why people wanted us to talk to. Because there's way more into the photography that audience needs to understand than just purely taking a picture and that's it. So uh, Julia, thank you very much for coming. It's really awesome talking to you so far. If you don't mind, I would like to shift our focus more on the entrepreneurial side of, uh, of your journey so far. How did that all develop? You know, you said after your studies you wanted to become an entrepreneur, but it didn't so much happen with the photography. And then there was a time span of when you were full-time employed or you had your life essentially. So what was the story there? Well, I've done so many different things in my life and this is something that I needed time to develop. So I couldn't just jump in. I really needed to take courses. I needed to experiment. And it's hard from the beginning to establish a business if, you know, you're just working from, from scratch, basically. Um, I also have a family, so I couldn't just quit my job. I needed some income, but I didn't work full time, never. So I have a part time job and this is, you know, helps me get the bills paid and is also quite interesting on the side. But um, that's how I actually started. So I started renting a space and then telling people about this. And I, you know, I was doing my websites as well. I was in the web design business and helping mostly solo entrepreneurs with this. So that's how I got into it. But it, it takes, it really takes time. I think the most important thing is to build a network and to, yeah, it, it's very, for me, I'm an introvert, right? And I'm not someone who easily talks about what I do. And for me, I needed that assurance that I knew what I was doing. And it took me a bit longer. What made you really do the step towards entrepreneurship? Being an, being an introvert, reaching out and building a network seems like a challenge of itself. But then doing that courageous step of self-empowerment through entrepreneurship, what makes you change your mind? I guess at a certain point in in life, I realized if I want to do something in my life that's fulfilling, I better start now. Now is a great time, <laughs> always, right? Even if you're if it's late in life or early in life, now is the best time to do it. And I would not want to look back and say I didn't try at least. So I think it's important to aim for what you want because you create your life, right? Absolutely. I am meeting various people these days and often the the first sentence is, oh, this is uh, so amazing that, that you go for the entrepreneurship. I mean, of course, most people don't see what is all behind that. But to, to, some, to some extent, most of people actually cannot imagine themselves doing it for various reasons. Sometimes you cannot really follow up, why not? Because, I mean, I did it, so why not you? <laughs> and I cannot say I'm the most brave person in the, in the world. I don't think so. I'm just trying, just as you described. I'm, I'm just trying to make the step. And I did the first step, which is great probably the most difficult one, but I'm just trying to go through through the days and, and achieve the ultimate goal, which is for me building up help and trade as a successful startup. And uh, 
That's why it's interesting to, to have you here and, and hear that even a person which is not really trusting yourself as, as you were at the very beginning, but throughout the years, you just came to the conclusion, well, why not? Let's do this. What would be your, your thing to encourage others to do this step as you do, as you did? What happened to me is when I saw this thing that I could have, it was portrait photography, right? I met a teacher and she made it really easy to understand. And I thought, I can do that. I can do that. And it's not only that I thought I can do it, I felt it was the right thing to do. And then from there, it's not thinking about what it entails to become an entrepreneur. I just, that's what I want to do. I didn't want to think about bookkeeping and taxes and all that stuff. I, so I didn't. So that's the first step I think I took without even realizing I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And when you just go ahead and do what you want, things start to come together. Or at least I'd like to believe so, right? There are many obstacles, there are many challenges, you know, I won't deny that at all. But suddenly I found myself in a situation that is also very, very nice. I get to meet new people. These people are so inspiring to me. It's, you know, it's so, um, so much, it's a real joy and pleasure to meet them all. Then I get to do creative projects. I get to be my own director. I get to take my own vacation whenever I want to, right? And all these things give you so much energy as well. So I think that's basically what encouraged me to do this. And then, you know, reading about people who have challenges as well and understanding not all entrepreneurs are the same. Not all people are, you know, very strong and outward, outgoing and outspoken and extroverts. They're all different kinds of people. And I also think that society is changing. You know, we're in this total mindset of, I'll work until I'm retired and then I'll have a good life. Well, I'm not sure that works for everyone anymore. I'm sure I will have to lo work longer. And I want to be doing something that I like in that time. Fascinating. I'm trying to also find kind of like a formula, you know, recognizing the pattern among all the other people that were, for example, here. But there is something that makes you different and I'm... I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it is that you are by nature an introvert person and the people who are here before, they seem way more outgoing, way more open to what is what is happening around them. And yet you successfully launch your entrepreneurial career. It's, it's great. It's really great to see. And I like this. And I would really like to encourage others to do so, that showcase them that, you know, look at Juliet. Juliet did the step. Why not you? would be interesting to see you also on some other events where you could be a speaker, for example. This is what I was actually like to ask you, is that we met at the Toastmasters. Was the Toastmasters actually somehow involved in you becoming an entrepreneur? Did it help you somehow that you could, for example, formulate your ideas better or did you felt more encouraged to speak out? It's really interesting that you ask that question. I think I first went to Toastmasters many years ago when I was doing web design and I had this idea of establishing an online business and I had a part-time job at the time, I was very frustrated. I just wanted to leave. And I thought, listen, I'm going to make it online, right? I'm going to make an online business. And then I realized I cannot say one sentence in front of the camera without messing up. I was totally frustrated there as well. And that's why I went to Toastmasters because I thought, 
I can learn public speaking there. I still have video recordings from that time because I wanted to sell online courses, how to build a website, you know, with WordPress, set it up in a few hours and so on. And when I look back at those videos, I'm actually really surprised. And I thought, that wasn't that bad after all. You know, what was I thinking? But I must say there was some self-sabotage involved there because I did sell some courses and then it freaked me out. I thought, this is not good enough. It has to be better. I have to do this. It must look better. The website must, you know, be perfected. And now I realize it's, um, you know, you just have to get going. But finally, I also realized that that was not the thing I really wanted to do. And that's possibly why I didn't push forward there. At the end, you landed a photography career as an entrepreneur, which is exactly what you wanted to do. So well done. Yes, I'm happy about it. What are your next steps? What, are you, what do you plan to do? Well, one project, for instance, is the business portrait, which I just told you about. And that's, um, it takes, it involves a lot of preparation and discussion with people. So I'd like to keep that going. And for the future, I'm working on developing another style that can be done in terms of a portrait in nature with women and also a modern boudoir type of photography. What does the last part mean? <laughs> well, it's about when you look at boudoir photography, it's usually this sexy style of portraits of women, which is totally not my thing. But I do see a side in women that is sometimes not lived enough, that can be awakened. It's more of a sensual type of portrait or a portrait that represents the strength of a woman, woman represents the strength of a woman or shows the dance of a woman and the whole aura of being a woman. So it could also be in movement. Sometimes it's, you know, more of a light, dark portrait. So I'm working on a few different styles that can be developed from that. And my idea is to invite women who would like to rediscover that in themselves. I can very much imagine that there's going to be a high demand for that. I mean, you will have to do first the step of encouraging women to come over and do that. She's probably going to, to, to take some time. Or you will first have to have the right portfolio to showcase that, look, this is a normal woman, just like you, who did this beautiful picture, and so can you. There are certainly some steps you will have to take in advance, which I'm just really thinking out loud right now. But yeah, well done. Sounds like a great idea. I think you're right, because it takes a lot of courage to do this type of thing, right? You're showing yourself, you have to stand in front of the camera, Who's going to see it? What am I going to do with these images? But if you have them and that feeling that you had during the shoot where you discovered that you are confident about your body and you're interested in playing and just having a good time, then it becomes a whole different thing as a package. It's more like it's something that really empowers you and you have a result at the end. So I do think you're right. I will have to convince people by talking about it, uh, talking about the experience, by having images to show them. That's what I'm doing now. Um, having different photo shoots so I have some images to show so I can actually describe what I mean by it. One picture tells a thousand words. Is that so? Or a video, actually. 
tells even more. So <laughs> do you actually plan also to, to shift towards video making or it's going to be just purely photography? Yes, I discovered that during the corona lockdown time that it's a good idea to learn video. So yes, I'm actually really excited about getting into video. I realize it's very time consuming and it's a lot of work. But what I like about it is developing a story and it connects me to my clients. So for instance, I would like to do a promotional video for a mindfulness expert and we're working on a way to get this across so that it's interesting, it's enticing, and it has um, vivid imagery in the video. So there are various ways of doing this and I'm experimenting with that and I'm having a good time. It means uh, you're learning to do the storyboard, you're writing a script for the videos. What about all the imagery about, around the video? Do you have someone who is helping you out with that or do you think you can do it all yourself? I basically do it all myself. Or not, not always. There are some images, free images from, from the internet that you can use. I don't really use stock footage that's free or anything, but I try to do my own videos. But just thinking of the ways that I can incorporate second shots, like we call this B-roll, that you play scenery over an interview, for instance, to make it more interesting to watch, and those kind of things. I also, I'm kind of a messy poor person, so I have it in my head, and then I will make some notes. And when it all comes together, it just comes in a way together where I can put the audio in and I know exactly, oh, this audio fits well or it doesn't. And that's how I roll. But I do make small videos, so it's not much of a problem. <laughs> as long as they're longer than one minute, yes, you need everything. You need a very clean storyboard. You need uh, exactly the text you're going to speak. It has to be written and rehearsed or you will be sorry. <laughs> That's a way to put it, yes. And so we spoke about your business as a photographer. We spoke about your plans to move towards video as well. Uh, we really didn't pay attention much about the website building. You mentioned that you were trying to establish your online course for the website building. Uh, how is it going? Are you still involved in website building? I'm still somewhat involved in designing websites, mostly for solo entrepreneurs. So mostly for therapists or artists or people who have, you know, their own little business. And I realized at a certain time point that you really have a lot of responsibility with a website. It needs to be up and running. It needs to be updated all the time. You need to invest in marketing. You had, most people have a newsletter nowadays. It's quite time consuming. And I think it gets a little bit, um, there's so many things to, to do to get your word out that I help people with that mostly. So it's less the technical development of a website that I do now, um, but mostly like I work as a web coach helping people just get their content ready because usually that's the main thing. That's the main challenge that they have. As soon as a company is larger and they need things like a shop and so on, they mostly go to agencies anyhow because agencies can help them in many different ways and they take all the responsibility on. So I, as a single person, do not want to have a server and, you know, have all that ready. So I mostly focus on helping people directly through workshops and coaching. So you're involved from hands-on developing websites to 
actually being the oversight. That being said, you mentioned also marketing and, for example, SEO. Are you involved in that as well? Do you also plan or create a strategy with the people about their online presence? I do. I'm not so much involved in SEO. I think you need nowadays a real expert for that. So helping people with their website for me means coaching them. Usually they have no idea how to arrange their content. They don't know how to design the homepage, for instance. And they're so thankful if someone can just take that for them and help them. So they will have to do the work. That's definitely the case. But usually I go look at it around the other way. I look at them. I look at their website in terms of what would a visitor want to see? What would make them very happy and and also confident about connecting. And so you just flip the whole thing around and start to formulate things that you know that can be helpful to the visitor so that you can get their interest. And then in terms of design, you can put it up in a way that is not overbearing, that people don't know what to do next. It's also important that they, you give them a visual lead so they know where to lead their eyes and what to read and what to do. So for instance, for a website, you could give them three things to do on the homepage and that would be important for them. So should they download something and, and print it out? Or do you want them to watch one of your videos? Or do you want them to read the blog? You have to give them something really interesting, like a solution to a problem, so that they will even start to click around, else they're gone within three or four seconds, right? It's interesting to see how, how broad the variety of your knowledge is, where your path took you so far, just because you were trying to, to be entrepreneurial. I mean, you touched website creation, now photography, now you're going towards video making. It's really interesting to see. Juliet, unfortunately, we are coming to an end of our podcast time-wise, not context-wise. Nevertheless, I would like to ask you, what would be your suggestion for people that would like to follow in your footsteps, uh, that would like to take the, the step towards entrepreneurship? How would, what would be your words to encourage them? Well, first of all, I'd say, don't follow in my footsteps, right? <laughs> Build your own footsteps. Well, I would say, if you can identify a need that people have, and you understand how you could serve them, and you are passionate about what you want to do, then just go ahead and do it. Don't think about it twice. Just give it a try. You can tell yourself, try this for three months and see what happens. I can always end it, right? Sometimes I think we're in this mindset that if I do something, it will be for all eternity. Well, it won't. You can give yourself a time to just try it out. Have all the freedom you want. If I'd have known this a couple of times, I would have just tried things out. But I thought it had to be, you know, it was set in stone when once I started. So I would just say, go do it. And, you know, don't think about it too much. Don't overthink it and have fun with it. And if you discover it was the wrong thing to do, then just change your course, right? So fail as much as possible. <laughs> just go out and do it. That's really encouraging. Thank you, Julie, very much for your words. And now, uh, please share your contact details. Where can people reach out to you, connect with you, how to do that? Sure. Thanks for having me, Stefan. My website is at um, julietfong-portraits.ch. And if you want to connect with me, I'd be very happy to. That's uh, Juliet double T. Juliet double T, F-O-N-G-portraits.ch. 
Juliet, thank you very much for being a guest on our podcast. Um, I think your story is very inspiring. I understand why people wanted us to talk together. And uh, also your work with photography, I had no idea there was so much about it that you actually can learn, can explore it as a, as a, as a ways of doing photography. And I'm definitely crossing fingers that you're going to get as many customers as you can handle, essentially, and make them happy. So um, thank you for being guest. And uh, I think for our audience, this will be a very nice story to listen to. Dear audience, uh, thank you very much for, for being here, listening to our podcast together with Juliet. And don't forget to share your thoughts and ideas with us on our social media, whether it's a Facebook slash help and trade, or it's a LinkedIn page that we have, or Twitter, Instagram, even Pinterest nowadays. So don't be afraid to reach out to us, connect with us and tell us what's up. And uh, also, if you have any interesting guests, go ahead and suggest it to us. We'll be nice to have them here. Juliet, again, thank you very much. I hope the audience to hear you next time. Thank you very much, Stefan, and all the best with your help and trade as well. Thank you very much. See you and bye-bye.